Welcome to the Evolving Digital Self Podcast, where we explore the conscious use of technology. Listen in to hear thought leaders and other guests discuss the human relationship with technology and learning to thrive in the digital era. Hosted by the author of the international best-selling digital self-mastery series and being at work, Dr. Heidi Forbes Usta. Welcome back to the Evolving Digital Self Podcast. Today, we have a very special episode. I spent the earlier part of this month at CES, the Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas, wearing several hats, one where I was interviewing people for this wonderful podcast, and one because my new book has been highlighted as one of the up-and-coming important issues for technology in the uh, in 2019. And the other was to be on a couple panels. And I thought it would be really fun to have a little episode talking about what happened at CES and some of my particular takeaways around some of the exciting things that I saw and how they're impacted by digital well-being and ethics. And I invited someone here to help me with the unpacking. Now, this person is very special to me. She happens to be also in my book, but more importantly, she's my mother. So this was actually quite intentional to have her come on it because the book is about digital self-mastery across generations. So I thought it would be kind of fun to get another generation's perspective as I'm unpacking this bag. So welcome, Tally. Thank you for having me, Heidi. So uh, most folks don't know much about you other than that I've just told them you're my mother. Can you give them a little bit of your background so they understand what perspective you're coming from? Well, let's see. To be quick, I suppose I did have a 25-year career in fundraising. I have to admit that as the internet fundraising got more complicated, I thought, oh, what a perfect time to retire. So my use of technology at this point is pretty much email with friends and enjoying Facebook and so on and watching what you're coming up with minute by minute. Well, and don't leave out the fact that you're a professional artist and oh, you yes. share a lot of your work using the internet. Yes, so I do. I, That's you know, true. You don't want to leave that part out because no. you make it sound like you don't do technology at all. You're <laughs> actually pretty good at it for uh, compared to some of your peers. So. Yeah, actually, the, Facebook has been wonderful that way. I love posting new pieces I'm working on and getting responses from friends and, and others. And it encourages me to keep going and trying new things. Awesome. Well, so with that perspective, I thought it would be really fun to see some of these. Some of them are a little bit wacky, but once we'd explain to you why I collected them, hopefully we'll get a little more context. I can't wait. <laughs> so let's see. One of the fun things that I actually came out of visiting some of my co-panelists at their booths and to talk a little bit with them about what they're working on. And uh, one of them was the high-tech retailing, and it was talking about sort of the future of retail and the way those things are changing and the way sort of the real personalization of the shopping experience takes place. So I had a really fun time visiting, particularly with Atrex. They do sort of insoles for shoes, and you would think, oh, well, you know, that's sort of, you know, not very exciting. Well, actually, it was really quite cool. They do, they have this 
a machine, this contraption there that you could stand in. And it did a full 3D scan of your feet and really, you know, analyzed how you were standing, where the pressure points were, what it looked like, how the form of your foot, the whole factors of it. And then from there, it, you know, the data was input into a computer and then they were able to determine what kind of insole you needed. Did you need a custom insole? And they were able to 3D print a custom insole for you if needed. And if not, they were able to identify which existing insole would be perfect for your foot. But then they took it one step further, which was from their incredible database of shoe manufacturers, they were able to identify which shoes, which brands would fit the best on your feet. Now talk about pretty cool. Yeah. And also for people my age, we're all talking about you know, feet and comfort and all that. That sounds fascinating. It was really fascinating. And so so they gave me a couple of them to try, which I was very excited to try. Unfortunately, I was not able to use them at the show because the shoes that I had on were sort of, you know, classic CES shoes, the most comfortable you can possibly find, but they didn't make space for any insoles. But so I was carrying around in my clear backpack that they gave to us as media, which was another whole thing the fact that, you know, we carry so much with us and in and out of these shows, whether it's a, a conference or whether it's a, a concert, apparently these clear backpacks are becoming a big thing. So anyway, I had my, my insoles in there and we've got some of the samples here. You folks can't see them, but the technology for these insoles has really come a long way. It's really exciting and thinking about sort of you know, the different shapes of feet and how it sort of goes to what I speak about a lot and that the anomaly is the norm. And so why not customize for it? Another one of my panelists was this company Elsa Corp that's out of Italy. And they're taking that one step further in custom designing your entire wardrobe based on you know, body scans and understanding your style and, and, and really sort of optimizing your personal retail experience in that way. I mean, how does that, how would that feel for you? I was just going to say shopping is becoming a lot more complicated. I mean, give me a trip into a store and just uh, try a few things on. And then I get home and half of them are uncomfortable. So maybe some of this would help. Well, absolutely. Especially if you can do it from your own home. Yep. Right. How do you feel about online shopping? Because I think that's something that I remember in the early days of uh, online retail and I was sitting on some some think tank groups where we were talking about it from a policy perspective, but there was also, you know, the provider perspective that we're just saying, well, you know, we're going in this direction. And of course, the policy people were saying, well, no one's ever going to buy clothes on the internet. They won't be able to try them on. I mean, how does that feel for you? Well, it's, I don't do a lot of online shopping and I live in a small town in New England where the stores, the local stores, are constantly putting up signs saying, please shop locally or we won't be here anymore. So I see that side of it. I'm also still pretty accustomed to trying stuff on. So the whole idea of ordering something and then sending it back. Now, a lot of my friends do do that. I've been slow to move in that direction. Yeah, interesting. Then uh, the other person that was on this panel, which this to me was super exciting, was actually one that I sort of was, why, 
why is Johnson and Johnson on this panel? I mean, what could they, they don't, you know, they do retail, but how could that possibly be this personalization? And they're creating, they've created this, uh, this system where you can do a, a 3d mapping of your face from a face scan done with your phone. And they, they create a customized mask that fits your face perfectly, but it also fits the zones of your face with the different types of, you know, different needs. Because as we know, like your whole face isn't all the same type of zone. And uh, we got into some really great conversations about how that would feel as, you know, both from a digital well-being perspective of being able to satisfy each individual's needs, but also how do people feel about scanning their faces? And what does that mean for privacy? And how do you make them feel comfortable with the fact that their face is being scanned? Wow. How would that feel for you? Whole new dimension. It's reminding me of a program I saw recently. I think it was on 60 Minutes about facial recognition. And I'm suspicious, but interested. Well, I think that exactly to your point, we've been getting a lot more information about, for example, in China, they've you know been instituting a program with facial scanning, and and there's a lot of policy conversations mm-hmm. in the U.S. about you know the use of facial recognition software mm-hmm. and and integrating that into security systems mm-hmm. and whether that's okay and mm-hmm. and whatnot. So I think it's important to be a little bit skeptical mm-hmm. and 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 safe, but at the same time. I think it's, you know, the conversations that we were having is it's important to also be very transparent with your customers as to what that data is being used for. So a question on that one, Uh, Johnson & Johnson, I think of uh, as a health company, as a medical company. Is Are they into this with some way of getting a sense of what part of your face needs attention? Well, that's exactly what it is. So it's sort of mapping both on the shape of your face, Mm -hmm. but also on the different needs in your face. And that can change your dry skin or could be... Absolutely. So it was their Neutrogena division that was doing this. So it was really interesting to see how you could use technology in so many different fields yes, yes. Um, to really create a better customer experience yeah. where the customer is really getting exactly what they need, yeah. not having to sort of pick something that's a one size fits all. Right. So that was pretty exciting. It's making the uh, rumor of friend to friend, oh, you should try this product into a larger dimension. Well, and certainly they could still try this product, but it may be you want to try this mask ID product because yeah. you can get exactly what you yeah, want. Exactly. Rather than, and she told her friends and she told her friends to buy right. the same bottle of shampoo. Exactly. Right? Yep. So let's move to some other toys. I apologize for those of you that are listening rather than seeing because there's some fun things in front of me, but I thought it would be easier for us to have this conversation mm-hmm. when we're sort of picking things up and she can touch and feel. So another one that I reached out to that actually was doing some really fun stuff. Now, this may not feel like a technology thing, but it actually has to do with technology because we're surrounded by so much noise everywhere we go. And one of the things I talk a lot about is how do we make sure we can, one, filter out the noise, whether it's too many notifications or just the you know the ambient noise around us and our sensory systems are constantly on overload. Now this company actually does earplugs, uh-huh. but they're really cool. They're called Loop and they're they're actually quite pretty. Now that sounds kind of strange, but I guess if you think about Breakfast at Tiffany's, in that film she was wearing sleeping earplugs that had 
little tassels on them. <laughs> Think like that. Okay, these obviously do not have tassels. These fit very snug into your ear, but they're actually, they're kind of cool looking. They've got like a little, it almost looks like an inside earring, if you will, when it you put does. it on. Mm-hmm. But the nice thing is that they do sort of filter out some of the noise so that if you're in a loud environment, you're, you know, you're not like at a concert mm-hmm. or in a conference hall like we were. It's a way to filter through some of that without completely blocking it out. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was just a fun one Very to share. Cute. And they're pretty, they are attractive. Yeah. And they come in different colors and uh, it, that's loop, L-O-O-P. But I thought they were, they, it's a that's really great concept and important to recognize the, the health of our ears and our sensory system and to really just being kind to our bodies mm-hmm. and our brains because sometimes they can get a little overstimulated. Another one that's actually sort of in that same vein, but this one does use technology, are these really cool glasses. They're called eye forcers, and I'm going to have you try them on, Mom. Okay. So they're, they're, they look, they're, you know, I guess you can kind of integrate this in your, your uh, prescription in there as well. They are medical wearable solutions, but when you turn these on and you calibrate them, it will actually send you a notification when your posture is poor oh. so that you, you're minimizing yeah. what's called tech neck. And this is a really big issue. The chiropractors love it because they're making lots of money uh, curing people with tech neck. But it's it's actually a really big problem in the workspace, uh, contemporary workplace. It's also obviously for students or for anybody that is walking around with their phone, with their neck craned down. It, it can cause all kinds of physiological problems, but eventually can actually have also neurological issues yeah. that... Just, you know, stress and and pain and struggling from chronic pain and all that kind of stuff. So really cool concept, you know, and hopefully as they evolve a little bit further, we might get some new designs so that it's a little more universal for any kind of a user. But they're sort of, you know, your classic old Wayfarer style. Perfectly attractive. Yep. Perfectly attractive. And certainly if you can put your prescription in there great concept and really like the direction that they're going because they're sort of low profile, not a lot of tech. They don't look like tech, but they're, but they're doing their job. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So next we're going to move over to, I don't have, they're, they're sending me one of these, but this was actually interesting to me. I have never played with drones and, but drones were everywhere at CES. And I know there's been a lot of fear around drones it's everything from, you know, the little drones that are going to be spying on you to, you know, are we going to be riding drone taxis mm-hmm. to, you know, whatever it is, or Amazon delivering with drones. People have very strong feelings about them. Yes. yes. And so I felt that it was time for me to go have a conversation with some of the drone developers to see sort of what are their thoughts on digital well-being and the implications of people's stress response to the idea of drones, what kinds of things are they doing to handle that conversation or to attend to that conversation, but also looking at things like security and safety. I mean, those little tiny propellers, for example, with as a person with long hair, <laughs> it makes me think about, oh God, that thing is going to get tangled up in my hair. You know, I mean, it's just a simple thing like that. What are you feeling on drones? I'm curious and very suspicious because I, 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 I see them as spies. Mm-hmm. and But I also see, you know, if they could be directed properly, uh, they could be helping a lot of people. Certainly, as I age, I think, hmm, I wonder what drones could do for me. And there's probably a ton of things they could do. I could do my shopping 
asking a drone, please go to the supermarket and pick, pick up a ham sandwich for me. So I'm watching and open to it, but suspicious. Totally get it. And and actually, this company that I spoke with, AEE, does a lot with drones, and they've their technology is really quite phenomenal. And I think one of the things that I really appreciated that they were looking at was they had this whole concept of quiet neighborhood friendly props mm-hmm. and and other ways to create barriers around the drone. Mm-hmm. So for example, if you're, you know, your kids are playing with your drone or you're playing with your drone in your backyard, you can create boundaries for it so it doesn't fly outside mm-hmm. of the perimeter of your property. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I see that something is being really important mm-hmm. because you know, your neighbors don't want the drone hovering outside of their bedroom window. Drone, drone on a leash. Drone on a leash, <laughs> essentially, yes. So I think, you know, and, and then, of course, you know, the safety of the propellers and there's, yeah. you know, sort of the, the physical aspect of it. But it really seems like they are putting much more focus on how do we do this in a safe way? How do we make sure that they are, that they are, you know, a gust of wind's not going to blow them in the wrong direction and they're going to break someone's window. Right. You know, it's not just, they're not just toys anymore. Mm -hmm. And they have incredible potential to help people, to make us safer, to be able to do rescue and, Mm -hmm. you know, all of that kind of thing. So, Mm -hmm. so I was really excited to see them and I'm looking forward. They're sending me some, uh, I might do a later episode where I interview them after I've had a chance to play around with it a little bit and see how we can use it in, in terms of um, my work. Oh, I want to see that one. You want to see this one. Yes. Okay. So this one, fortunately, we had a little chance to play around with this. This was another person that was on a different panel that I was on, which was around uh, wearables and sort of form and function. And they these could actually be worn as a bracelet or you could have them in your pockets or whatever, but they're for reducing stress. So they reduce your, your cortisol stress response. I'm not going to push the buttons because I think we'll get too much buzz happening in the background here, but let me just describe them a little bit to you. They look like sort of a, a small, uh, about the same size as an Apple watch, but about a third of the weight. And they have a little button on them and a light and you sync them together and then they vibrate back and forth. But it sends a neurological neurological stimulus that decreases your cortisol, which is your stress uh, neurotransmitter. So I gave these to you before we did the show. I'm curious, what you know, what was your take? How did it feel? Did it make a difference for you? I got very attached to them quite quickly. I do find as I get older that, that I carry more stress. And the first thing I noticed when I put them in my palm of my hands, which you said to do, and then close them up, close your fingers. I could feel this pulse from one hand to the other, and it distracted me from silly things that cause stress. You know, like, oh my God, I got to go in half an hour. And it made me just think about, oh, I feel this motion but from one hand to the other. And then as I held it some more, I moved it up and I put them on my cheeks. And that had a different but very good feeling that I liked. And then I, I moved them a little higher up and I thought, oh my God, am I going to damage my brain if I send new messages? <laughs> um, so I stopped doing that. And then I found, because I meditate, that I opened my hands the way you do in meditation. I thought, you know what? This would be another way to keep you from letting your mind drift too much because it's kind of like just remembering to breathe. That's a shocking idea in a way, but I thought that was very interesting. And then I found as I moved my hands around, I I enjoyed them. 
I thought they were great. Yeah. Well, I mean, watching your face as you were doing them was actually really great. And so these guys, and actually I'll give a little plug here because this was kind of fun, a fun little personal connection that I didn't realize when I had the, the woman on the panel with me, I went to their booth and spoke with the scientist that actually developed these. And she is a fellow Fielding alum. So oh, we, we did our PhDs at the same institution. So we were kind of happy to find that connection. But anyway, Touch Points is the name of the device. And very cool. They're doing some really interesting stuff and a, definitely a, um, a tool to follow in the future and see where they go and what can happen with them. And uh, I'll, I'll make sure that there's a link in the show notes if you guys want to check those out. But really, really interesting stuff. And certainly cortisol is something that we all have a little bit too much of these days, mm-hmm. um, whether it's anxiety about life in general or uh, getting things done in time or whatever. And if we can just find other ways to access the ability to be fully present, I'm all for it. One more comment that sure. I thought it'd be very interesting to hand those to a dancer. And ask them to dance with them on and see if they have any particular Ooh. responses. It just felt like it was energy. Uh-huh. I like that. Very cool. Well, I love that. Yeah. Now, I want to take a little bit of a sideline just to to uh, thank Lori Bruce and the Consumer Technology Association for inviting me to to highlight you know they interviewed me for my book digital self-mastery across generations which the print version just came out and um you guys have heard me talk about it before but it was just really a great opportunity to have a conversation about the human side of technology Mm -hmm. and i just wanted to commend them on the the focus on technology and humanity this year there were several books Within the, uh, I think there was nine books total that were highlighted this year, but several of them actually were focused on, so the humanity side. So I just wanted to make sure that it gave them a little bit of a shout out and thank you for acknowledging the importance of technology and humanity and for acknowledging my book. And for those of you who are interested, make sure you check out the show notes because you can find where you can order it, but it's available any online retailers for books, as well as you can order it directly from your bookstore. So last but not not least at all. So this was quite fun. Remember that see-through backpack that I was talking about? Mm -hmm. So I was carrying around all these fun gadgets and cool things that I had collected while I was at CES. And and while I was over at the Atrix booth, I noticed that one of the companies that I had used for my dissertation study on wearable technologies and presence of mind happened to have a booth nearby. Now, these guys, it's a company called Oh My Bod. And yes, yeah, so you're, ch- you're laughing because you remember why I had these guys in my study. <laughs> so uh, this was very, one of the thing, one of the memorable pieces that everybody remembers about my dissertation study, because they were like, oh, you're doing it on wearables, right? And the work, you know, the contemporary workplace, how do you, how do you, uh, you know, counter chronic conditions that are hindering your ability to focus. And so, you know, it was fitness devices, it was this and that. And then there was a wearable vibrator that was for countering chronic depression, for stimulating oxytocin. There's another one of those neurotransmitters we need to take care of. Well, so of course, when I would talk about my dissertation study, the only thing everybody walked away with was, oh my God, she used a vibrator in her study. (laughs) And it's like, well, of course, you know, you know, women's sexuality, oxytocin, these are all things that are important to have conversations about. There should not be a taboo, right? Absolutely. So 
So anyway, I ran into the Oh My Bod guys and they're like, oh, there's the latest version of the device you used in your study. You need to take one home with you. And of course, this one now, you know, four years have passed. And so now it's, you know, you can actually control it with your Apple Watch. <laughs> right? So, so of course, I'm walking around with my Blue Motion Next, what is it? Next I1. To be honest, I haven't had a chance to try it. Still in the box, but you know, what the heck? Who couldn't use a little bit of a extra oxytocin? Love it. Love right? It. Love it. So, but the one that really struck my eye as I was about to leave, because I was really excited about the work that these guys are doing. And um, a little side note before I get into this one was what, there was a little bit of controversy at CES this year because there was a device that had been nominated to win an award, a design award, and it was in the category of robotics, but it was it was a vibrator, not mm-hmm. oh my bots. And they actually got rejected. They lost their their ability to get the award because they said that it you know it was in the wrong category or that that it you know didn't it was misrepresented or whatever mm-hmm. because it was in a robotics category. Well, you know, and they were like, this doesn't fit with you know the C, the uh, consumer electronics show. And the thing is, you know, this is a digital health issue really, mm-hmm. is what it comes down to. So uh, I had a lot of great conversations with the Omibod team there because this is this is important. This mm-hmm. is not something that, yeah, sure, you know, you can have a little chuckle. It's like every time somebody says the V word or the P word or whatever it is that, you know, you have the kids have a little chuckle and sometimes the adults feel a little chuckle coming up. It's, you know, it can be an embarrassing topic if you're not comfortable about it. But it's, you know, it's health. Your mother's but, giggling over yeah, here. Yeah, she's giggling on the side there. But it's really about... It's about taking care of our bodies and sure. our minds simultaneously. And as we know, as we age, things change. So so that's where this other device, as I was walking away, I noticed that they had a Kegel trainer, smart Kegel trainer. Now, this is also, of course, operated with your app from your phone, right? <laughs> so how cool is that? And actually, for those of you that don't know what a Kegel is, which I think most of you probably are, uh, do, but I guess if you haven't had children yet, maybe it's not been an issue. But it's the muscles that basically, if you do yoga or anything else, it's those core muscles that basically, you know, help you for incontinence. They keep you from, you know, leaking when you giggle or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is. When you're, you know, full, when you have a full bladder and you're, you know, you're having to squeeze to hold it in and you sneeze. And when you sneeze, <laughs> Those are the muscles that keep it all together. And as you get older, they loosen up. It's just a matter of fact, right? And so incontinence is a really big issue, particularly for women as we age. And so I thought, wow, this is amazing. This is the coolest tool. And I happen to have a couple people that I you know, have in my extended network in the medical profession that are urologists that work specifically with incontinence. So, of course... The uh, wonderful people at Oh My Bod handed me one of these as well. So, and then I didn't notice it at the time, but I put them in my see-through backpack at the top. Oh, and so I had these two vibrators on the top, and then on the sides I had orthotics, and then my book, <laughs> and then I went to a dinner. Oh, my because I goodness. didn't have time to go back to my hotel room. And so, needless to say, it became uh, a subject of. Of conversation. conversation. It was a conversation piece at dinner. <laughs> but I think it's really important to recognize that technology can really, you know, impact us in so many ways. Yeah. And there's so many different perspectives in terms of 
digital well-being or digital health or different things that we don't necessarily take into consideration. And so anyway, any two cents before we go? Because I'm curious, just really quick. I I love all the exploration. Why not? This is fascinating. This whole array around Heidi is just amazing. And boy, do I have a lot to learn. But you're opening my eyes, Heidi. And it's going to be very interesting to see where this all goes. Thanks for including me. Absolutely. Well, thank you for joining me today for my unpacking of CES from a different perspective. Certainly, you know, we didn't even get into the uh, autonomous vehicles, but I figured there's plenty of press coverage on that and not nearly as fun. I'm waiting for them to drive me to the supermarket. Fabulous. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us today. And uh, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of the great upcoming episodes. And until then, bye-bye for now. Thank you for joining us for the Evolving Digital Self. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app now so that you don't miss a single episode. While you're at it, please give us a rating and a review and join the digital self-mastery movement to create more conscious use of technology by sharing it and telling your friends. Want to see where you fit on the digital self spectrum and how it might be impacting your business and relationships? Get your free copy of Digital Self Mastery today by clicking on the link in the show notes.